The Bird Show. So I have received a lot of DMs over the course of the last 30 days because uh, it was dry January and I gave it a whirl. Why not? <laughs> um, I've always had this sort of dysfunctional relationship with alcohol that I've never really been able to curb until recently. Uh, and I feel like I've tried just about anything. And there was a tipping point for me a, a few years ago. As I started to become better and healthier with my relationship with alcohol, and one of those things was reading a book called This Naked Mind that I told you guys about that I think is a really, really effective book. It hits every angle of alcohol, and it addresses every single excuse I ever gave myself, or I think anybody else that I've ever heard talk about alcohol also, it just sort of debunks all these personal theories or excuses that you kind of give yourself. Like, I'm so much more confident when I'm on alcohol or I'm so much funnier when I'm on alcohol. Or it relaxes me so I can sleep better. Yeah, it's all crap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and This Naked Mind really spells it out for you. And I think it's a very effective book if you read it when you're truly ready to start weaning or giving up alcohol. Uh, I've had this conversation with myself so many times over the years, wanting to do something about it, but also knowing, you know, that inner sort of voice in my head, knowing like, you know what, dude, this is not going to last long. But when you read this naked mind, I, I felt like when I got into it, like I was, I, I was committed to it. Right. And I think you said that Bart, your husband uh, read it also. Yeah. He's read it like a couple of times. Cause I think it's good to have refreshers um, for him. He said, it's good to have refreshers. And it's because you talked about it. He got it. He has it on Audible. And so whenever he catches himself slipping, he uh, he listens to it. Because I don't know if you know this, when you have a toddler, yeah. you want to drink a lot. Right. <laughs> I found the best time to read it was at night when I was having a couple of glasses of wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so I've been getting a lot of DMs about this book and sobriety in itself. And I wanted to pass this one back on. And I'm not pushing it on you. You do with your life what you want. But if you've been struggling and wondering, like, maybe it's a time for me to stop drinking. It's a great book. And it was really, really effective. And I just want to share this one with you. Hey, Bert, just want to leave this in your DMs as a thank you. During 2023, I started reading This Naked Mind. I would pick it up and I'd put it down. It definitely didn't want to read it in the beginning, like, but I don't want to feel guilty about drinking. The message finally stuck, and I shared what I learned along the way with my husband. We did dry January and have continued into February. My habits are changed, and I'm not drinking a glass of wine every night anymore. Kombucha hits uh, with a mocktail with juice and bubbly water in my wine glasses, so I still feel like an adult and fancy. Let me stop there for just one second. The effect of having mocktails and just having something in your hand and drinking it, if it's non-alcoholic, is so satisfying. Yeah, it is. It's the habit. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to try it. It's the habit of, like, I'll even go to a bar and say, make me a drink that makes me feel like I'm drinking. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't want the alcohol Mm -hmm. in Um, She wrote, thanks so much for being vulnerable, sharing your experience. My husband says he has an addictive personality with everything. I totally understand that, man. For me, it's like if I'm going in on anything, I go all the way in. Uh, I know we've made a huge shift in our lives when we could have been going down a really bad path. So that's pretty much it right there. Um, So if you really are serious about thinking like, hey, 
I'm really looking at my relationship with alcohol. Maybe I need something. Just give me a little bit of a nudge. That book will do it for you. I really think that book will do it. And our intern is in here this morning also to talk about her journal or her journey with sobriety as well. Now, is this alcohol we're talking about? Yeah, this is everything. Okay. I just did like a queen, a clean sweep. Um, so I, quick backstory, I had two major surgeries after a sports injury in October of 2021. Um, and I was on oxycodone for four weeks um, with two back-to-back surgeries of two weeks apart. And um, coming off of oxycodone when I've taken it Four hour, four hours apart for four weeks straight was a really big struggle. Mm-hmm. So I, I moved to melatonin because I was having a really hard time sleeping. And I have a lot of anxiety when it comes to sleeping and things like that. And eventually I just got so wrapped up in anything that would help me sleep, anything that would ease my anxiety because coming off of a drug like that, I mean, it's hard on your body for, for quite a while. Um, and so now I'm here and I decided last October that I was literally going to try and sleep train myself, try and go to sleep without any kind of aid, try and help figure out how to soothe myself and my anxiety and things like that. And, um, it's, it's been going, um, (laughs) it's, it's, it's a struggle. I mean, especially I'm somebody who's busy. I'm in school, I have internships and I'm doing a lot of things. I'm getting up early, obviously to be here. And it's just something that I've struggled with a lot. And I want to talk about very openly because when you have a sports injury, it's not something you can control. And so coming off of that and moving to melatonin or natural things or, You know, even there was a point in my life where I was trying to take Benadryl, just anything that would help me sleep. And so I took my sobriety really seriously. Um, I was sober for about four months. Obviously, everybody is painstakingly aware I drink a bitter ball (laughs) (laughs) at the time of my life. Um, And I don't I don't necessarily regret it, but it does definitely remind me why I'm not in that game and why I'm not doing it anymore. And how old are you again? I am 21. Okay. I did. I I turned 21 in August and went sober in October. Um, I just, it's, I mean, for one, I don't enjoy it. You don't feel good. You know, you're bloated. Like you feel sick. Like it's not something I necessarily enjoy. And it's the matter of fact of, you know, I'm trading a few hours of fun for days worth of sickness for Mm -hmm. me, you know, and it's just not something I felt like I was getting anything out of. But specifically when it comes to sleeping, that was my biggest thing is I, I have a lot of anxiety because, um, because of the injury I have, I'm not able to necessarily run. I don't have the muscles in my foot anymore. So I had so much anxiety of like, if something were to happen to me, I can't exit the situation. You know what I mean? And so I was just not sleeping at all. And so now that I, now that I did drink at Bitter Ball, I don't necessarily regret it. I had a really great time, but I do like, it's very, it's a very, something that's very important to me to talk about, especially at my age, you're 21, you go out and you do all these things, but specifically like my body and the way that I feel has not been up to par. It's not been what I've wanting. So I I'm not going to say I'm going to go back sober. I do think that it's something I'm only going to do every few months if I do it or, you know, I'm not going to go out every weekend and things like that, which is not something you might hear from a 21 year old. But you guys have talked about, you know, my generation, we look at drinking Mm -hmm. way differently Mm -hmm. than than anybody else has. Yeah. So I just kind of I just kind of wanted to be open about that because I think there's a couple of things to chew on here. Um, So let's talk about the oxy for a second here. Okay. So how long were you taking the oxy for after the surgery? Yes. So I had two separate surgeries exactly two weeks apart. And each surgery, I was given a two-week prescription of oxycodone. So she's on it for a month. Yep. Okay. I was on it for four weeks and I was in so much pain. I was like setting an alarm for every four hours to take it. And that took a toll. I mean, near the very end, I, I had two more weeks that I could have taken it. So I had a total of six weeks, but I only took four. Um, Good for you. Yeah. A lot of people can't do that. 
Yeah. Uh, this guy over here couldn't do it. <laughs> um, so when I had my knee surgeries, uh, they gave me Oxy also. And quite honestly, I probably needed it for just a couple of days. And I ended up using it for sleep also and just to take the edge off before I realized like, man, I am getting into some really dangerous ground here that I'm uh, expecting to take it each and every day. And then I'm going to my doctor and asking him for some, even though I don't really need it. And I think I probably did that for four weeks before I said, okay, I don't want this thing to get out of hand. And I'm also a guy that was married to somebody that was hooked to pain on painkillers also for five or six years. And if you don't have the kind of strength that you did, it can spiral fast on that. Yeah, and I mean, coming off of it, I, I want to say um, I, I stopped pretty much out of, like, out of nowhere. I knew that I was going down a, a path I didn't want to, but I'm pretty sure I didn't sleep for almost 36 hours straight after I took that last pill. Mm-hmm. Because when you lay down, I mean, your body's going through the withdrawal, and I'm in pain, and I'm anxious, and all I can think about is taking that freaking pill. Right. And so, I mean, going through that, like those 36 hours are the worst that you could imagine. But once you get past that, it's... It's something that you feel better about physically, but the issue is mentally. You know, my body obviously is telling me that I, I need it, but my mind is not convincing me that I don't. Mm-hmm. It and so is that was, a fight. Yeah, that was the biggest struggle for me. It's just really learning how to lay down at night and going to sleep on my own, no kind of aid. And I know that there are healthy aids, obviously, that you can use, but I just feel like because I'm so young, I want to be in a place where I am healthy enough mentally and physically to just be able to go to sleep. So did you get professional help to to teach you how to fall asleep or what did you do? Because most of us, I've been on Lunesta now for 20-something years. Uh, The thought of not taking anything, melatonin or anything, is way out of my reach. (laughs) So what did you do? Um, I've, I've not gotten professional help. I mean, I, I think that would help me in my journey. Honestly, I've, this may sound very weird. I've done a ton of journaling when I get in my bed at night, I journal and it could be anything about my day, about my feelings, things I'm going through, what I'm craving physically and mentally. And I feel like that's helped me in my journey a lot, but it's not necessarily getting me to the finish line. So I'm still struggling. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm getting up early. I'm going to bed really late. And so much of it has to do with the anxiety of just being in a situation that I can't get myself out of. Mm. And that just comes from my injury. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about the effects of an injury and of pain meds that aren't even physically related to you. You know, it's all mental. Um, so I'm still in the process. I, Definitely, I've tried to be better about being on my phone at night. I've tried to be better. Um, I haven't decided whether taking a shower at night helps me or hurts me, depending on like the relaxation that it can give you. Um, but yeah, mainly right now, the only thing I've been proactively doing is journaling. Um, but I mean, I could definitely use some more tips. Mm-hmm. For me, I actually, I struggled with sleep anxiety a lot when I was younger. That was actually one of the first reasons I started going to therapy when I was a kid was I would go to bed and the thought of like going to sleep would really freak me out. Like I would overthink it. And what's been really helpful for me is something that I think you've already started is doing things that are active that make you feel like you're doing something sort of like the ritual of taking a pill. Like I know if I journal, it's going to put me in the right headspace to feel more tired. But what's been really helpful for me to be more proactive about sleeping is figuring out the science of what puts your body in the right state to fall asleep. So like there are certain vitamins you need throughout the day to produce 
your own, your own natural melatonin at night. So like vitamin B12, taking a shower before bed puts your body in the right temperature to be able to get into that deep, deep sleep. So I would do a little bit of research on, you know, what kind of things you can do throughout the day to put yourself in the right headspace by the time the sun sets. I've always struggled with sleeping too. Still do to this day. It's the worst. I, I, I can't like sleep really well without any kind of assistance. But what I have learned, the three things that have helped me personally, one is the shower at night. That, that changed a lot for me. Two is trying your best to kind of keep around the same exact routine of mm-hmm. going to sleep. That one and exercising. And like out throughout the day, every time I exercise in the day, I always go to sleep easier. That's smart. That's real good stuff. All right, it's The Burt Show. The Burt Show. <laughs>